Welcome to the Wednesday, January 25th edition of the PFF Forecast. It is the conference championship round, and that means we're going to bring on Seth Galina to kick us off, talk about the schemes for both these games. That's uh, going to be a great conversation. We'll get Judah Fortgang on to cook up a winning alt-spread same-game parlay for me. I need one. Um, so does the the rest of the printing press. So do we all, honestly. Um, and then, of course, we're going to close out with Locks of the Week with Arjun. Let's rock. We've made it. You and Patrick Mahomes' ankle, surprisingly more alive than I thought you would be today. Uh, I have, I'm in worse shape, okay? I took a hit on Saturday night. I think I pinched my sciatic nerves. So I'm in worse shape than Patrick Mahomes right now, right? Let the world know that. Oh, no. You're playing How did through you do this? <laughs> I'm playing through it. I'm playing through it. Working through it. Sitting at my desk. Uh, it's been a rough... It's been a rough few days, but uh, we'll figure it out. What did? How did you do that to yourself? I don't know. I played flag football on Saturday night. Felt good right after the game, a few hours after the game, and then like kind of right before I went to bed, just couldn't walk anymore. So I I think like a Twitter comment it was probably like PFF guys could get hurt playing flag football. It's probably like a comment I've seen on Twitter before, and you, you just you prove that to be true. Yeah. Well, Congrats. I mean, if anything, I'm. I'm pro, you know, I'm a company man. So fair enough. At PFF underscore Seth. Okay. Let's start with Niners and Eagles. This is the three o'clock kickoff. Um, And Seth, I had in looking at, at both these games, it was kind of amazing how much symmetry there were between the teams, right? Like, you know, but obviously we've gotten to the final four, both very strong teams. There's no surprises here. So in, in going through these yourself, where is, if any, where are there, you know, uh, kind of mismatch opportunities within uh, within this game? I, you know, the, when I think about the Eagles' offense against San Francisco defense, first of all, I just love watching San Francisco's defense because they are so clean in their zone drops and who they're supposed to pick up. You know, obviously they're a big zone coverage team, and the way they, they're able to match routes and pick up routes is is incredible. I mean, there are teams that just have have no idea what they're doing out there, and the 49ers are, are the best example we have of a of a kind of cohesive defense. With that said, I do think kind of the key, I think, for the Eagles on offense, and, and they have the weapons to exploit it, is kind of figuring out where that one weak link is. It's probably on the outside. Uh, Diamador Lenore is probably that guy. You saw the Cowboys kind of take some shots at him, uh, definitely in the second half. He did get the interception, though. It was kind of a weird, weird play late in the down. Gallup kind of stopped running the route. So I think that's the matchup. And obviously, you're going to have A.J. Brown out there. You're going to have uh, Devonta Smith out there. You can, If you can exploit that and, and get a big game on that side of the field, there is a a good chance that that the Eagles can move the ball. Now, with that said, the Eagles are the Eagles are so good on offense. They're fundamental in so many different ways, and and especially on the offensive line, which is like you know, if you're going to be good against a really good defense, is you're you're gonna have to control the trenches, and they can do that. But I think in terms of secondary, 
picking on uh, Lenore is probably the way to go. So on the flip side, uh, looking at the, the Eagles secondary, they get back Avante Maddox for this game, but out for the last couple of weeks, you know, their slot corner, highly paid guy, good player. Um, you know, Chauncey Gunner Johnson was available to them, a former slot corner, and that helped a lot. I think we'll probably see him defending a lot of George Kittle. He, he can match up with tight ends, but nevertheless, what does now also adding in Avante Maddox do for this Eagles defense against the 49ers? Yeah, so the interesting thing about about uh, Avante Maddox being back is is really like where does does everyone else play? Because you start the season with Avante Maddox playing in the slot and Chauncey Gardner Johnson playing, you know, deeper safety, and that was the whole reason why Chauncey Gardner Johnson wanted to leave New Orleans because he didn't want to play slot corner anymore. And so Avante Maddox has been in and out of the lineup to kind of the whole season. And start, like I said, start at slot corner. He gets injured. Josiah Scott comes in there. Avante Maddox comes back. He's get injured again. Josiah Scott comes back into slot corner. Now, the last basically the last two weeks that Avante Maddox has been out, the Giants game and then the Giants game, sorry, both Giants games, they've gone to Chauncey Gardner Johnson in the slot. And why they've kind of been able to do that is because of Reed Blankenship, the safety has had a really good season, honestly, and, and the back half of the season has been really good. So I'm very curious to see how they implement Avante back in the lineup because he, Chauncey Garner-Johnson is a very good slot corner. We saw it in New Orleans. Avante Maddox is a very good slot corner. We've seen that throughout his career. So now you got two on the field. Like, what are you going to do? I guess you take off Reed Blankenship, who, again, has been very, very good, and move Chauncey Gardner back to safety like you did basically week one through three before the first Avante Maddox injury. So I guess that's the way. But I guess at the end of the day, it just gives them more ammo, more matchups available in their favor. And if we're talking about playing against the San Francisco 49ers defense, you need as many guys possible to cover those unbelievable skill skill weapons. From the 49ers perspective, I watched that game. I was, I'm a Niners fan. I was horrified by what I saw the first time I watched it through. I was like, this is a, terrible Shanahan game now he made some undisputably disgusting decisions from a fourth down and timeout perspective but like those notwithstanding um am I being too harsh like are you did that concern you at all in the sense that that was really the first time that the Niners played a real defense I mean not real defense but like a good defense right the the Eagles are a good defense they're going to be in a you know on the road now for the first time in a meaningful game so like I don't know. Are you, um, I guess, pessimistic or optimistic about what Shanahan will do with Brock Purdy in this offense? It's hard not to always be optimistic about Kyle Shanahan, just given his track record. I do agree with you. This was not a great game by him, and it wasn't a great game by Purdy. I think Purdy's had kind of back-to-back, like, below-average games, and they've got the wins both times, so good on them. But, yeah, this uh, – it's – I will say it's a very different defense going from all the man coverage and the kind of specific ways that they want to play man coverage in Dallas to the Eagles going to play a lot more zone. So I I think there's a chance that he figures it out and the middle of the field will be a little more open. I think you can create more openings in the middle of the field um, given what the Eagles do in playing two high coverages and, and dealing with offenses that way. Um, giving you less underneath defenders. So I think they're... I didn't get the ball 
to those areas, which is what Shanahan has is is kind of known for, right? He, this is where he's they've won for so long in San Francisco. So I'm not like I'm not certainly not pessimistic. Obviously, I, I am one of those people who believe that eventually, like Brock Purdy, will come back down to earth, and then and then what are you going to do? Maybe that was last week, and maybe he, there's a bounce back already. But um, certainly not not pessimistic with Shanahan, and not pessimistic with the receiving core and the tight end and the running back and the left tackle, but maybe everything else could take a hit and that would be a problem. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I guess I will remain optimistic then. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about some bets here. Um, Brad, let's start with you. What's your favorite bet in this game? Yeah, so I'll just you know take – there's many different reasons. We wrote up in the article, but I'll, I'll touch on something you just touched on, which is – you know, the Niners having not really played a lot of real defenses. Neither of these teams has played a lot of real teams, um, you know, obviously being somewhat facetious. But for our rankings, they literally have – the Niners had the second easiest schedule in the NFL and the Eagles had the easiest schedule in the NFL. And so um, I, I think there are going to be ways for both teams to score in this game. Obviously, Seth mentioning, you know, San Francisco being being able to attack over the middle of the field. And I've been talking up A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith – not only Diamond or Lenore, Traverius Ward has been beaten by DK Metcalf multiple times, by CeeDee Lamb multiple times in that game. And so I think they're going to attack down the sideline. I like the over 46 and a half in this game. Seth, what about you? So I'm, I'm, I'm doing a fun one. I think that at least one of these two bets has to be a pretty fun one. I'm going to parlay Purdy and Hertz over, uh, one, over basically one interception each, over 0.5 interceptions each. You know, the, the 49ers defense, I was just looking this up. Any quarterback this season uh, who has thrown over 10 passes, I think like – I have to look this up again. But um, all but like four quarterbacks who have thrown over 10 passes against them have thrown an interception to the 49ers wow. defense. I think it's like just like Andy Dalton who has it or something like that. So, you know, we could, we could see a Jalen Hurts interception for sure. I mean, obviously this is a really good defense and I think Brock Purdy, and it's interesting because it kind of goes in the face of, <laughs> of the data in front of us. Brock Purdy does not have a turnover worthy play in his last three games, but then you think about it like, okay, well, is Brock Purdy like Tom Brady? Is he Drew Brees? Is he probably not? So there is a turnover worthy play coming soon. Uh, so let's parlay these two together and uh, see what we can get. I think it's uh, the multiplier is 3.2 in the decimal okay. way of looking at it. I love that. I'm a big yeah. fan of that one. Um, <laughs> consider me, consider me down for that. Um, I, I'm going to be a little boring here. Um, so I, I actually like the Eagles in this spot. Um, minus two and a half. Um, I, I don't have a ton of faith in, in Brock Purdy, to be perfectly honest with you. And um, I think the Eagles are just, are just a better team. And the, the Niners have played some good teams, but not some great teams. The Eagles will be by far the best team they play. Super, super hostile environment. Um, and, and the Eagles fan are more rested. You know, they just, they simply are. So um, I like two and a half here. Um, I think there's probably a little bit of confidence in Shanahan, which is why this number isn't three. Uh, and it's not that I'm not confident in Shanahan, but here's the kicker for me. And, and I don't think this is accurately priced in. Nick Sirianni is going to make better decisions than Kyle Shanahan in fourth down and timeout situations. And in a close game, uh, that's going to matter. So um, I, I like taking the Eagles minus two and a half. Um, this this kills me uh, because I am a Niners fan. 
uh, but I think it is uh, the right side of the number here. Um, so that's where I'm rolling with this one. Uh, let's go, uh, by the way, Seth, who do you think wins this game? I think Eagles at home, I think there's two evenly, like just two really good football teams. That's why I'm like really excited for this game, but I'll go Eagles at home. Okay. Uh, Bengals and Chiefs. Um, real quick, uh, I think that, um, Seth, you've probably analyzed all of the Mahomes footage. You're a, you're a watcher of film. So before, you know, before we get into anything else, your assessment of Mahomes film from this week. Uh, yeah, I watched it. I saw him walk off stage. It, I, here's my, here's my super conspiracy theory. Um, he was wincing the whole time, but he didn't show his face. He, it's one of those, I'm going to brave it out. It's going to hurt like hell, but I'm going to make it look like nothing's wrong with my ankle type of situations. It was like too good of a walk. It was like a robot walking. Mm. That's so just look, look, listen to me, like make your bets based on what I just said and you'll be good. But I guess my question, I know this is a joke, but follow what, what advantage would that provide him or, or like, yeah. what do you, you get there with crutches and a boot and just be like hobbling out of there. I know. I think I know, but for real, like if that's the case, like I, I obviously I don't think that's the case, but like, I think it would be just a situation where he's like, like I, I, I got to tell myself that I'm good, right? Like I'm good. I'm, I'm not going to worry about this. It'll get better throughout the week. I'm not even worried. It'll come to Sunday. Uh, I'm just going to play my game, blah, 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 all that, all the cliche stuff to get you, to get you hyped up for the game. I was actually thinking something similar around would you actually want to show like should you show up in a boot and, and people be like oh well it's done right the Bengals are like oh we're gonna coast yeah it's gonna be super easy and then and then you come out there and, and you're just you're fine but if you don't think that way that means you must not be fine so if you work that logic back his ankles in there bad, that shape this is he doesn't have an ankle anymore. They, they cut his leg off. They, they won't tell you incredible. about that. Right. This is the real story. It's not the Demar Hammond clone thing. It's the Patrick Mahomes leg thing. That was Chad Henney wearing a full, uh, you know, like like suit over his face. That was actually Henney. Yeah, that, that's, that's a dirty little secret. <laughs> well, anything is possible. So exactly. Um, all right, back to uh, back Reality. to less important things. Um, uh, Seth, break this one down from a key matchup standpoint. So one, one of the things I think is interesting, like the, the mat, the matchup is Mahomes ankle, right? Like if, if that is such a big deal now with that said, it's crazy because you watch him in the second half. Well, first you watch him on the drive that he gets injured. And then you watch him when he comes back in the game, in the second half and he's making plays, right? Like, it's just like, he's hobbling around, but he's still, because his like spatial awareness is some of the best we've kind of ever seen in this sport, really, he's still able to find these spaces in the pocket, outside the pocket that other quarterbacks can't do. He's just hobbling around getting to there, but he's still able to make plays. And he had a scramble for a first down. I think it was on like third and two, if I'm not mistaken, in the second half of that game. So like he's still able to make plays, but the ankle really is the, the big deal here. Um, Cause at the end of the day, like maybe it is. And we talked about this last week with the, with the Jaguars, it's like, can you tackle him? Obviously, with a bum ankle, maybe this is the week that some team does tackle Patrick Mahomes in the backfield, though. 
I, I wouldn't uh, count on it. The one thing when I watched this game from week 13 back is I was surprised. I didn't really remember the game that well. I was surprised by how good Kansas City ran the football. 5.6 yards per carry, uh, 130 yards, I believe, or 129. And really, when you think about this Bengals defensive line, that's very good and led by one of the best kind of nose tackles in in football and DJ reader had probably his worst game of, of, of as a Bengal for sure. Uh, 49.6 run defense. Great. They, they just washed them out of there. Like, Hey, we're going to put you guys on roller skates. You guys are going all the way to the sideline and we're going to run uh, on this cutback lane. That can't happen again. Right. Like, cause if, if Mahomes is, is, has ankle issues and they're not throwing the ball very well, if you can get the same run game you got in week 13, they might be okay. But if DJ Reader shows up and the rest of the D-line shows up and can kind of handle them, then then that's going to be a lot tougher if if Mahomes' ankle is is worse than 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 maybe we think it will be. Yeah, well, flipping over from uh, Joe Tooney, Creed Humphrey, and Trey Smith to talking about uh, Cordell Volson and and Hakeem Adeniji and so on and so forth. So, look, jokes aside, they obviously held up very well. Um, you know, Ed Oliver is not Chris Jones, but still, you, you can't really take away credit. They, they, they look very good. Jackson Carmen, the replacement left tackle, you know, for whatever reason, I played him at guard before. You put him back at his college position, and what a surprise, he has the best game of his NFL career. But what can Kansas City do differently to generate pressure on Joe Burrow, to take advantage of some of those injuries, um, and, and maybe kind of counter some of the things that Cincinnati did differently to mask some of them against Buffalo? I, you know what? I, I thought about this for a while. I, I don't think it's more than just being better. Because, you know, the problem with the Bengals playing against the Bengals offensive line is like, yeah, they're not individually great. And honestly, they could come back to earth in that matter. Like there's no, there's a very uh, high chance, I would even say, that the Bengals offensive line does not look like it did last week, right? These are historically below average players who played one above average game. But what the thing about the Bengals is like they are like they don't get to the right spots often. So like you're going to say, OK, well, we'll blitz them from weird angles. Like they're pretty good at picking stuff up, even though they may not be good one on one in terms of, you know, the run game, stunting in the run game. Like Again, they're pretty good at that stuff. So that might not be the issue. I have a conspiracy theory um, about the Buffalo uh, Bengals game. Not really conspiracy theory, just think of mistake potentially. And I don't really throw want to throw anybody under the bus here. But I have said this. This is conspiracy theory number two. Uh, number <laughs> yeah. two. Let's just be clear. Yeah. I think, I think just watching that game, and I thought about it the, for the first half of that game. I, You know, when there's a snow game, when there's a rain game, just a, a bad weather game, you go out early. Everyone is trying to figure out what cleats to wear in the terms of how long the cleats should be, like the individual cleats should be, the spikes. I, I think the Bills made the wrong choice they were sliding so much it felt like the Bengals had so much better footing that whole game and you're going to lose in the trenches if that's the case right like we and that's what happened so again like I don't want to throw like the equipment managers under the bus or anything like that I think if if that's true it's it's an honest mistake if that's the case but I just that's what it felt like to me I don't know I don't know don't quote me okay this falls in line (laughs) Yeah, I, I was gonna say this was like, this was my whole hypothesis around that was we correctly did not overreact to the offensive line for Cincinnati, but we probably shouldn't overreact to their good performance in this game 
And the reason for that is exactly what you just mentioned, which is the defensive line, while mediocre for the Bills, looked like they were on skates. And I mean, you know, Jackson Carmen allowed one pressure all game. So you wouldn't expect that to continue. Now, playoff Frank Clark is coming his way. You've obviously got Chris Jones there on the interior. But I think it's a really, really good take. And and to be clear, it wasn't just the, the defensive line. Like Jamar Chase was leaving, you know, uh, the defenders nowhere to be found, right? Like he was wide open a few times. And and so it, it kind of stands like – I think that is a really interesting way to to think about this game aside from Mahomes, which is look the Bengals really really good, but what are we not? What are we overreacting to in that that they'll come back to life here in this game? Because I think if you don't, you make this case for like the Bengals are going to blow out the Chiefs, and I would press pause on that take. Anyways, uh, Seth, why don't you kick us off with bets that you like here? Uh, it's, this is a. I think I like this bet, but I also just want it to happen because it'll be an exciting game. Oh, good. Over forty. Those always work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> always look at my bank account, buddy. <laughs> uh, will this one into? <laughs> uh, I just think you know all those games. The past three have gone um, pretty high scoring. They've been fun games, so hopefully we get it again over forty-seven. I like it. I dig that. I, I dig that. Um, I, I'm going with, uh, we just mentioned him, uh, but Jamar Chase over six and a half receptions. Um, you know, for a lot of the reasons we just talked about too, where he's become kind of their quick outs guy, get involved, you know, on screens and, and slants and just let him make dudes miss. And I think, you know, with the offensive line, that's even more paramount now. So I think he's going to get fed in this game. I'll, I'll add for the, the chase idea here. Cause I also like over 6.5 chase. You looked at the first game against the chiefs and it was kind of, they tried to get him involved a little bit in, in kind of different ways. Uh, it didn't really work that that well. And then like his catches all seemingly came on, on like regular Jamar Chase type of plays. But then you look at Buffalo. First play against Buffalo, put him in the slot, run him a five-yard, you know, six-yard hitch route, throw on the ball, uh, stick route. You saw him running these like motions where he was kind of like, in a sense, like the triple option type of player where they, they throw him a bubble screen or a swing screen. So I think you're going to see more of that. So to your point, like, they'll find ways to get him the ball, especially early on. And so that could be a, a good number. Yeah, Chase was was mine. I think the the way that I'll probably bet Chase is on some of those ladder plays. Um, you know, maybe put him in some some uh some parlays as well. Um, you know, I will talk to Jude about that here in a second. Um one other one that that I'll throw out there that I do think is interesting is the, you know, okay, so Patrick Mahomes is going to get rid of the ball potentially quickly. And who will he get rid of it to? I think Kelsey is kind of an obvious one, right? And you can look at that, you know, over six and a half. Um, I think that's a that's a bet that I will place. If you're looking for something a little more exotic, do you think a guy like Jarek McKinnon, his his total at three and a half uh, is an interesting place to to look as well? Um, and then, you know, where might they not go with the ball? Um, I'm going to go ahead and say that's going to be uh Marquez Valdez Scantling. Um, his line, I think, is at two and a half. This just doesn't have the feeling of an MBS game to me. <laughs> I, I think there's a reliance on Travis Kelsey. Um, I think he's got a little more confidence in Juju. And I like Kadarius Tony as potentially a guy that we throw too short, 
who gets down the field after the catch as opposed to MBS, who is a get down the field and then, you know, launch the ball to him. And, and with some questions, I mean, with Mahomes not having an ankle, I think we've got to throw the ball short. Um, conference championship pet peeve or soft spot from Seth Galina. I think I've been on a little thematic run recently, but my pet peeve mm. this week is, I mean, it's just generally the way we talk about quarterbacks is bad. It's just bad. Like, but I'll stick to who should I do this week? All right. We'll talk about, about tier two quarterbacks. I think we just have some idea, uh, a very bad idea of what a tier two quarterback is supposed to be. And I'm really talking about Dak Prescott here who is to me very obviously in that tier two group. And I'm willing, I know people don't like to hear this, but I'm willing to make the argument that he is very much closer to Joe Burrow than a lot of people think. It's tough to isolate Joe Burrow from T Higgins and Jamar Chase. Like it just, it just is like, it's always going to be that way. So, but anyways, like I'm, I'm pro Joe Burrow, but I'm also pro Dak Prescott. But the point is like, we just don't know how to talk about these guys. We want to believe that if you're not, Patrick Mahomes, you know, Herbert, Allen, I'll put Burrow in there. And then I'm thinking putting Lawrence in there going forward. But if you're not those guys, it's like, it's like the end of the world. You're like a bad quarterback. Every time you have a bad game, it's a referendum that you are a bad quarterback. And it's like, no, that, that's offense has been insane this year since, since Dak came back from injury. They've been so good. They're constantly in the playoffs. I know they've lost games in the playoffs. Clearly their bet noir is the San Francisco 49ers back-to-back losses to them in the playoffs. But this is a really good team and a really, really, really good quarterback um, who's just really in that Tier 2 group who I really believe once they get over the hump, like so many people in sports where we're like, oh, well, he sucks because he didn't win a championship. And we look back and say, after they win one, they say, yeah, of course, he was always great. That's going to be Dak Prescott. So that's my pet peeve. We don't also know how to talk about the Cowboys just in general. People lose their, you know, their shit over the Cowboys. And it's like, come on. Um, but uh, it's interesting that I checked, I think it was last night, um, the Dallas Cowboys, the official account of the Dallas Cowboys had not taken down what is an insane tweet. I mean, I, I cannot believe that that is still up. It was, uh, I don't have it in front of me, Brad, but it, what, what was it like? Uh, basically this if, like storyline of the game. The ball, a winnable game if they hadn't turned the ball over. Yeah. And it named that it was crazy. It was one of the craziest tweets. It was like a, it was like sassy. It was legitimately a sassy yeah. tweet. <laughs> Super passive aggressive. It was incredible. Yeah. Um, it, so I think it's interesting. Like is your, I mean, you heard it here first. Seth Galina thinks the Bengals would be just as good with Dak Prescott as they are with Joe Burrow. Um, is that what you're saying? Am I, am I getting that correct? That's it. Uh, whatever you say, man, like that's basically what <laughs> that's I'm it. Saying. I could, no, I, could but like that. you yeah, <laughs> he is good. Like, I don't know how you can watch Dak Prescott and think he's not a good quarterback. That's crazy to me. But yeah. So you think he's better, a better passer than Daniel Jones? You disagree with, with some people out there? <laughs> no, Daniel Jones is tier one. I Sorry, I okay. forgot to put him in that group. True. I, I met Daniel Jones instead of Trevor Lawrence. That's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. My, it's my easy to mix those two up. Where, where would you put Ezekiel Elliott in terms of single offensive lineman that you want. <laughs> it was a you're, good you're snap. A football, I gotta give him. You're a football. You're you're a uh, you're a football X's and O's guy. Where does that rank in terms of the worst plays that you've ever seen on a football field? You know, here's the thing. I don't think 
I don't think it was even that bad. I think it was like the one contingency that they must have not planned for, which is like uh, Turpin getting hit like right away, like someone actually covering Turpin. Because like the rest of the idea was good. Like he catches it, he's able to land, and then he starts running laterally, and then they have a, a you know a kind of a screen pass set up on a lateral to whoever was on that side of the field. It was you know behind like three offensive linemen or something. So I, I kind of like the idea. However, execution-wise, clearly forgot that one thing, which is the defense is going to look at and run and try and tackle the guy you throw to originally. Seth, it was the flying yeah. V of NFL plays, I feel like. That was what they were going for, right? Yeah. The, fly, the, the flying V, by the way, one of the worst X's and O's <laughs> schemes in the history of sports. Let's, Ever. We, let's get into that. Yeah, we could dive deep into that one. I couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. We'll save that for the offseason. At PFF underscore Seth, he is a pleasure to follow on Twitter. You get takes like that. Um, and uh, he's also now in the PFF Printing Press Discord, so you can badger him about X's mm. and O's takes and uh, whether his bets that he wants to win will continue to win. Seth, it is always a pleasure. We thank you. Enjoy your weekend. Feel better, buddy. Thank you. See you guys. All right, we're going to get to Judah Fort Gang here in just a second. Um, before we do, a quick reminder that if you – uh, like everyone else in the world are thinking about betting on this game, uh, you should head to DraftKings. There are four teams left, and if you're going to bet on one of them or all of them, DraftKings has a bet for you. They are an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and if you use promo code PFF, you can bet just $5 and get $200 in free bets instantaneously. So we just talked about, like, I don't know, what is it, 10 bets that we liked? Pick one of them, go bet $5 on it, get $200 in free bets, and then bet the rest of them. Um, it's very, very simple. Uh, they also have stepped up same game parlays for all current customers, which you should go take advantage of if you are not doing so already. So like if you're living in Ohio and you need to sign up for another sports book this week, go make it happen. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use promo code PFF. New customers can bet just $5 on any conference championship game and get $200 in free bets instantaneously. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code PFF. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions. They do apply. See the show notes for details also if you're thinking about what you're going to do with your winnings be smart go to western southern financial westernsouthern.com pff they will help you put together a custom game plan for whatever it is that you're looking to do just grow your money buy a house have a child shoot buy life insurance whatever it is um, they put a game plan specifically tailored to achieve that goal westernsouthern.com pff and last but not least our friends at Underdog Fantasy, go check them out, underdogfantasy.com and the Underdog Fantasy app, which is where you can play great week-long contests. You can pick uh, between two and five players in their pick-em entry, pick over or under a specific number of points, and then win up to 20 times your money in a single night. It is that easy. You can do that for all sports. It's not just football. So basketball season starting to get going. Now that the NFL is winding down, get yourself some action at Underdog Fantasy. Remember, it's legal everywhere. Go PFF. Double your first deposit up to $100 at Underdog Fantasy, promo code PFF. Our favorite person, he of the uh, same game parlay of fame. He almost hit two in one week. He did hit one. Uh, it's Judah Forking. He's been consistently printing for the printing press, both on PFF.com and PFF app, at Throw the Damn Ball on Twitter, a must-follow, in my humble opinion. Um, Judah, welcome. Uh, I will say that I tried to copy your methodology last week. I think I... I think you pegged the Bengals game perfectly. 
In fact, you pegged it too well because Joe Burrow did not get over 280 yards or the 300 that I had in a lot of my plays, um, even though I think everything kind of went to script. So we're back at it again. We've got two games left. Um, we'll just do your favorite alt angle here uh, in this one. And then for more, people can go find all of your great content, check out the, the Discord. But let's start. What's your What's your favorite angle here? Yeah, I mean, this, I don't have a great read of the kind of median uh, or mean uh, kind of outcomes of these games, but I think my favorite of the tails is going to be Philadelphia winning through the air, uh, particularly because if that does happen, and I'll give reasons why that might, uh, we kind of know where it's going to go, right? which is that the Niners are terrific uh, over the middle of the field covering tight ends and uh, are great at covering running backs, as we spoke about numerous times on this podcast which is perfect for the Eagles because they're going to throw the ball to, to A.J. Brown uh, and Devonta Smith. Now, reasons why I like that uh, is I find this matchup kind of similar to the Tennessee one uh, in Week 13, where the Eagles basically just threw. They did not run Miles Sanders at all, even when they had a big lead. And this is because the uh, Titans, like the 49ers, had a terrific run defense. Uh, the, the Niners are second in rush EPA, second in rush success rate, which is probably the more relevant stat here. Um, and basically to their opponent and they said okay we're gonna throw the ball a bunch uh granted the tennessee pass defense is not the same as the uh you know niners pass defense the niners are much better but the passing offense in uh, today's nfl they can beat anyone especially when you have aj brown and Devonta smith uh, another part is that the the niners are have been terrific uh as we've said uh against the pass but they their achilles heel has kind of been the deep pass where they're allowing the third most yards per per deep attempt which really goes into uh, the hands especially of A.J. Brown, who I think on go routes uh, has the third highest EPA per target of any player route combo, uh, right? Like A.J. Brown on go routes is the third best receiver of any route, whatever. Point is that like he, like uh, C.D. Lamb last week, could very well, you know, catch a bomb, uh, take us over uh, some some old props there. I like it, especially because um, there's – kind of this narrative that the Eagles and Jalen Hurts, the key is him running the ball. And, you know, I think in this game in particular, you look at the weakness to your point, that the Niners defense, there's one weakness and it's it's out wide, right? It's like, you know, if you watch that game last week, I think there was, you should have been surprised by how many times a Dallas Cowboys receiver was just kind of open. Now Dak threw it straight to a 49er a couple of times, but like, I don't know. That makes sense. So how are you constructing this? Is it, um, you know, take us through some of the basics there. Yeah. So I think I'm going to start with uh, Jalen Hurts alt passing overs, uh, whether that's 275, 300, 325. And the thing I really like about this is that basically when one of AJ Brown or Devonta Smith hits, they both hit. Uh, meaning it's the game script that is actually most important. I think like over the last like seven or eight weeks, when the, like either one of them have gone over 90 yards, both have. Uh, which is to say there's a particular game script. So I'm going to start with that. I'm probably going to take a, an Eagles alt spread. Now the markets are going to be pricing in, okay, if you're taking a, an alt spread, uh, that's going to be correlated with rushing props, but I actually don't think that's the case for the Eagles here. Um, so we're going to get birds over passing yards. We're probably going to take both of uh, Smith and Brown. And then from there, maybe you layer in a mile Sanders under. Uh, maybe if you, if you think that the Niners are going to keep up, you can uh, get some some pretty over if this game tilts to the pass. There are a bunch of different ways to go with it, but I think I'm going to start with kind of the Eagle spread, Jalen Hurts all passing overs, and then uh, some Devonta Smith and AJ Brown overs as well. I feel well, it. The Titans game is a great show. It. 
Yeah. No, I mean, Sirianni, like people forget too, he came into Philadelphia and threw the ball with a Jalen Hurts who was young and still wasn't a, you know, the passer he is now. All they did was throw the ball and they kind of had to shift, but that's what he wants to do. And he doesn't mess around and run into a brick wall. He's going to, he's going to take advantage of the matchups that he has in his favor. I like it. And what this will do is set us up nicely for, um, a Super Bowl at Stadium Swim. I'm still. I'm going to will this into existence. One of these is going to hit uh, for me, and uh, that means the the whole printing press will profit, um, and uh, and will celebrate the Super Bowl in, in the right fashion. Um, as I mentioned, uh, all of Judas content can be found pff.com and on his Twitter at Throw the Damn Ball and on the PFF app. You need to go read it. It is must consume content if you are betting on football. Judah, best of luck, brother. Cross those fingers. You. Excited to book those tickets to Vegas. Uh, I know we need to, we need to make it happen. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be great as well because it happens in the early game. So we can do all the planning. You know, we watched that last game stress-free. Perfect. Our, our teaser middle. Judah, have a great one. We'll talk to you later, brother. Yep. Alrighty. It is now time. The last second, to last time I should say that we're going to do locks of the week for the 2022 NFL season. Um, we are going to do this a little bit differently this time. We only have two games. So we're going to go game by game, give them the appropriate amount of attention that they deserve. We're going to start with Niners and Eagles. Obviously, Arjun is joining us uh, as he does every single week. Um, we'll start with you, Arjun. Niners, Eagles, current spread right now. The Eagles minus two and a half, total at 46 and a half. Obviously, we have props out now, which is delightful. So we hopefully will be able to talk about those. Um, lead us off what are you thinking uh first for this game yeah so i mean i do have a play based on the spread and also a prop um i'm actually going to go back to our first half wagons which are the eagles um i got eagles minus 125 last sunday in the first half the, straight up on the money line but i do think it's worth taking them minus one and a half so i, I like eagles minus one and a half and there's a couple of reasons for this um number one the the 49ers are the, like the one of the best teams at adjusting in the second half now they're they are a very good first half defense don't get me wrong they're also a very very good second half defense but the eagles are the best first half defense in the league and when i think of brock purdy this is going to be his first road playoff game um, you know, going on the road in probably the most hostile environment in all of football. It could take him a half or two to to or a quarter or two or three to adjust to kind of like the game flow. And the you know, Eagles have been very dominant in the first half. Um, for the most part, I do think the Eagles offense should have some success through the air. Um, the only kind of downside is Jalen Hurts struggles versus cover three. Um, that's like his worst performing covers that he goes up against. And that is the 49ers primary coverage. But for the most part, I think the Eagles will, you know, being being at home, I think they'll be able to get off to a faster start. And, you know, they have the number one offense and defense per EP per play in the first half. So and being at home, I do think that gives them an, an advantage um, against Brock Purdy, who, again, this will be his first road playoff start. Brad, what are you thinking? Yeah, so uh, I uh, mentioned this yeah, I mentioned this on Sunday. We wrote it up in the article, and I'm sticking with it. It moved the point, actually. You know, we got some CLV, not really on a total, but uh, it's the over in this game. So we talked about 45 and a half earlier this week. It's now 46 and a half. But uh, I just really think, look, I, I get the defenses are both very talented here. There are good pass rush units. But when you have two of the best offensive lines in the NFL that can hold up against these good pass rushes, and then I think mismatches for both wide receiver groups in favor of the wide receivers, um, I just think, look, the Eagles are not going to fall for, which Dallas kind of did, running the ball way too much into a wall and getting 2.5 yards per carry. I think they're going to go away from that if they need to. 
throw on the outside and try to win with their big receivers on the outside. A.J. Brown was a full participant in practice today with a hip injury. He should be fine. Um, you know, all the injuries and everything works in our favor. The weather is fine. Uh, it's, it's the number one and number two EPA per, or sorry, number two and number three EPA per play offense behind the Chiefs uh, this season. And as we know, good offense is going to trump good defense most of the time. I think people are probably scared off by what they saw out of San Francisco last week. Like that offensive performance was not great. Um, I was actually going to ask you about this, Arjun, because um, one of the metrics that you always share, which is, I think, awesome, is perfectly covered plays. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we've talked about this as an offensive stat, right, where, you know, even though it sounds defensive, right, it's the offense who kind of forces the lack of perfect coverage. And correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think San Francisco actually did a decent job of forcing non-perfectly covered plays uh, against the Cowboys. It didn't, it didn't look that way. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So like, I I don't know. Have you thought about that at all? Like maybe I blamed Shani. I was too harsh on Shani. I was very harsh on Shani and like the results of that game make it really seem like the offense was a, was kind of a disaster. Yeah, so just for the stat you're referencing, uh, the 49ers forced perfect coverage on 25, or the the Cowboys defense only forced perfect coverage on 25% of the 49ers offensive snaps um, on Sunday. For reference, the league average is 34%. So the 49ers 49ers were forcing broken coverage on, you know, a higher rate than the league average, which again, on tape, or based on just watching the game, you won't see that because Micah Parsons, eight pressures, Osa, Odigazua, four pressures, like Demarcus Lawrence, three pressures. Like they were forcing Purdy off his spot. But if Purdy had a clean pocket to throw to, he had guys open. And Kittle, you know, I, this is something I talked about, um, I think on Twitter, like he was a matchup, at, like just like he was a matchup advantage for the Niners. Like he, they lined him out, out, lined him up out wide and put him on uh, the Cowboys put guys like Trevon Diggs on him and he was still toasting them on post route. So I think the 49ers had a great offensive game plan. Shani's been in his bag for the you know last half of the season. And the only reason we didn't see the 49ers put up more, more points is because of the Cowboys fearsome uh, pass rush. Okay. Yeah. I, that's kind of what I was, what I was thinking. So Brad, that's good news for you, I guess. Um, it's interesting that given that game, we did see the, the line move. Uh, move up um, people listening people listening to the printing press of course um, okay my first one is actually a I, I said that we needed to bet more unders so I'm coming with an under and I'm also not afraid to bet against or to bet an under on a guy that was a part of our locks last week which was Dallas Goddard and uh, and his performance so the just for reference, last week, the line for Dallas Goddard on receiving yards opened at 41 and a half. That quickly, after people caught wind of our podcast, uh, shot up to, I think it closed at like 52 and a half. So now his, uh, and then in the game, he went way over that. I think he had 57, 59, something like that yards, probably would have been more if they didn't beat the living crap out of the Giants. Um, he was open all day. He scored the first touchdown, all that stuff. So he's now opened, or it's now currently at 48 and a half. The Niners are the best team against tight ends. They're amazing against tight ends. Uh, they're so solid through the middle. Um, Fred Warner, the safety play with Talanoa Funga. Um, so this is the opposite of that matchup against the Giants, who were abysmal against tight ends. And to your point uh, earlier, Brad, around the mismatches being out wide, 
I do think that's the case. So why would you force throws in Dallas Goddard when you can um, you can pick them out on the outside? So his receptions prop four and a half minus one hundred nine. Um, I do like under there. I also like under forty eight and a half receiving yards on Dallas Goddard. Um, any more for this game, um, Arjun? Yeah. I, so one of my uh, props that I like is is an under. Um, it is Jalen Hurts under. 48 and a half rushing yards. So just thinking about the way the 49ers play defense, they love to play a lot of single high. Uh, their their most used coverage is cover three. So, you know, for the listeners, cover three, you have a lot of eyes on the ball. You have um, usually four or five guys underneath, depending on how many guys you rush the passer. And the 49ers just in general this year have elite, have allowed the sixth least amount of rushing yards to quarterbacks have only allowed 213 rushing yards to quarterbacks. I believe Marcus Mariota is the only quarterback to uh, – surpassed 50 rushing yards on the 49ers and again fred warner dre greenlaw two of the most athletic and best linebackers in the nfl and just given the way that the niners play coverage which is a lot of cover three cover four you're going to have a lot of eyes on the quarterback and i'm sure that D'Amico ryan's is going to be coaching up his guys to make sure that they're not letting jalen hurts legs beat them but they force the eagles to beat him with uh jalen hurts arm so i i like hurts under 48 and a half rushing yards here I'm sticking with the theme here. I got one more uh, Eagles under for us. I guess we all heard George's uh, his memo uh, uh-uh. on Sunday, but yeah, no, but, but I, I think both those points make sense. And I, I mean, Jalen Hurts also said today, he's still not hundred percent healthy. Obviously he has been running, but, but I like that play a lot. Um, Miles Sanders under 14 and a half carries. So um, he did have 17 last week, which might make you think, Oh, you know, he went over. Yeah. He had, he had 17 carries in a 38 to seven blowout. Um, and, and so game script obviously was in his favor the entire game before that he'd gone under that amount in six of nine games. Um, and, and so I just think with this game, obviously the Niners have, you know, one of the best run defense in the NFL, second EPA per play allowed. They have a lot of the fewest explosive rushes of any team in the NFL. I think Arjun mentioned that su- uh, Sunday as well, but also in that game, Kenny Gainwell came in, our, our guy, the legend, Boston Scott got some carries like I think because of how good this run defense is, A, they're not going to run the ball a lot at all, but B, I think they're going to rotate in fresh legs, try to get a spark or, or get, you know, a bounce from a certain player. Um, Gainwell pushed Leonard Williams like two yards at the end of the game the other day, and um, it was running hard. So I just don't see Miles Sanders getting 15 carries uh, in this game. We talked a little bit about the running backs for uh, Philadelphia. I think on on Sunday we we mentioned like the lack of, um, or, or how strong San Francisco is, I think, covering running backs out of the backfield. This definitely feels to me like a Eagles fans ranting and raving about how they don't have like great running backs and they need to go, you know, get get a great running back if they somehow uh, lose this game. Um, I, you know, it's interesting. I, thinking about the mismatches on the outside, I do think that AJ Brown has an opportunity here. Um, his his receptions prop is at four and a half. What's interesting about AJ Brown is you look at like just his last like 10 games I mean, on the season, he's six uh, has gone over his, his total six games under his total 12 games. Um, and this has, you know, fluctuated a little bit between four and a half and five and a half, but been pretty consistent there. Um, three receptions last week uh, against the giants in week 18, he had four uh, against New Orleans, he had four in week 17. Uh, he covered uh, this number with six against the Cowboys, but really hasn't been a reception machine. Um, I do think, though, that they focus on A.J. Brown in this game. Uh, we saw the success that CeeDee Lamb had 
against the Dallas Cowboys, or sorry, against the San Francisco 49ers, that is an area of opportunity. Um, they traded a first round pick for AJ Brown for this moment. Like th- this is not the time to not target AJ Brown uh, in this game. So I- I'm going against the grain. Um, I'm actually going against our, our props tool here, um, which likes his under, I think for a myriad of very, very strong reasons. But um, in this game, given where the Niners were weak against the Cowboys and in such an important game, I think AJ Brown is featured in this game. I think he gets a ton of targets um, and, you know, pending he doesn't get injured. Um, I actually like him to go over five and a half receptions. I had to break the under streak, you know, at some point here. Uh, all right. Any other, uh, any other bets for this game? We're moving on to the next one. All right. AFC. I think the, um, the more interesting matchup just because of the Mahomes injury. Um, I, I don't know, Brad, if there's any um, update in terms of it. I mean, obviously he's going to play, but like, do we have any sense of what he's doing at practice, how healthy he is? I think Andy Reid said he practiced in full today, whatever the hell that means. Very bullish prognosis. Yeah, no, practice in full today. The reporters during the, the portion open to the media were putting out videos of him. Look, he wasn't like planting and, and cutting on the leg, but was doing like one-legged uh, lunges and stuff on that bad right leg. There was some video breakdown of him walking away from the podium because that's not how much of sickos we are as football fans. But I do. I, I how was the is, walk? Was it good? It looked, hey, it looked clean to me. I'm no doctor. Okay. I am no doctor, but it looked clean to me. No, but uh, I do. I, I think he's going to be closer to 100%, not 100%, but much closer than the initial fear. It seems like, yeah, it was a full practice today. Um, I think it's very good news for Kansas City, you know, that he got a full in on, on Wednesday already. What about the um, Cincinnati O-line? So it looks like both Jonah Williams and Alex Kappa still are trending towards not playing in this game. That could change, but as of right now, the expectation is neither guy is going to play in this game. Okay, all right. Any other, any other uh, things? So I think Trey Henderson is going to play. That was an injury yeah. question uh, early. Karras, there aren't any Ted other. Ke- yeah. Ted Karras, I think, was limited today, but he, he's going to play. Okay. All right. Um, okay. That, that gets my uh, my injury questions out of the way. We'll start with you, Arjun. What are you thinking about in this one? Yeah. So one prop I like, Samaj P. Ryan, over 15 and a half receiving yards. Um, the, the Kansas City Chiefs really struggle to guard running backs. A lot of that time is because they play with a lead, but just in general, uh, Willie Gay and, um, and and Nick Bolton, like they're great run defenders. I think they struggle in coverage. And Samaje Piran, you might think like, oh, Arjun, like why are you giving a backup running back, uh, you know, receiving prop? Like he he actually had more snaps at as the receiving back or as at running back on passing plays than Mixon last week. So you can find this on PFF's premium stats. But Piran had 18 snaps um, on passing plays compared to Mixon's 15. And Piran is the preferred pass blocker to my uh, to my knowledge. Like I think the Bengals trust him more in those situations. So you will see him more often on third down. Um, one of the things that Burrow has done a much better job at this year than last year is taking the check downs. And a lot of the time that does go to Piran and Mixon. Uh, and and the last three matchups versus the Chiefs, Piran has gone over this total twice. And the only total, only time he didn't go over was uh, I think the last year's regular season game where him and Mixon were still like kind of splitting snaps. But uh, I think Piran will get enough volume to go over 15 and a half. I would play this up to like 17 and a half. Um, and I do think because of kind of the game flow, uh, the Bengals will be leaning on the pass game a little bit more. And I think P. Ryan will be the beneficiary of that. Yep, uh, I like that one. A, a bit more of a deep cut than the one I'm going to go with here. Um, maybe a, a little bit uh, obvious, but, you know, it, it's Travis Kelsey over six and a half receptions. 
I don't think I'm overreacting to his 14 on 17 targets last week. I, I think it really comes down to, I think this is still going to be a game script where they have to throw, frankly, with the way they've played Cincinnati the last couple times, if they're up three touchdowns, they're probably still going to be throwing the football because they have no confidence they can they can protect the lead, or at least they shouldn't. So I think he's going to get fed. I do understand, you know, you have solid matchups with, uh, you know, with Logan Wilson, a good linebacker, a tight end uh, in the safety department, they've actually been putting Dax Hill on tight ends a little bit as well. It's not just Jesse Bates um, and Von Bell. And I think Kelsey would win all three of those matchups, frankly. Um, I, I just think, look, it could be one of his last games. I, I don't think they're going to go out not targeting him and getting cute. I, I think he's going to get fed as he always does. The Bengals have been good against tight ends, but they don't really have many other options. So, um yeah. You know, it stands to reason they'll get creative there. It was interesting, I, you know, um, talking to uh, Chris a little bit about because he called the, the the Chiefs game last week. And, you know, what is it that that you're kind of looking at here? And his big worry was how much they've had to use Kelsey to chip because both tackles have actually kind of been a mess. And, you know, uh, you can't afford to have them obviously blocking the whole time. But what's interesting is when you do chip, that means that you're running a pretty simple route right? You're not doing anything kind of crazy and you're, you're pretty close to the quarterback and you'd assume regardless of how healthy Holmes is that, you know, he'll try to get the ball out relatively quickly. It's one of the reasons that I, I like McKinnon getting a lot of run in this game. His player props are, are relatively high though. Three and a half is the reception total um, receiving yards is 29 and a half. That would be the one that I would go to um, in terms of playing an over in, in, McKinnon. Um, there's some other ways that you could you could tackle this. So Pacheco, 11 and a half carries. That feels a little rich to me, um, given that, I mean, I don't expect Burrow to be slowed down here. Um, but I'm going to start off with my favorite one, which is Jamar Chase. Over six and a half receptions. It's probably already minus like 130 uh, where you're at. We talked about this on, on Sunday, but I still love it. I don't think they have anyone that can come close to covering him. And he has torched the Chiefs. He's averaging like 137 yards against them um, in the last three games. His receiving yardage total is at 82 and a half. I would play uh, the over there as well. By the way, the spread right now on this game uh, is Chiefs uh, plus one. It opened Chiefs minus two and a half, went immediately down to one, one and a half, uh, flipped all the way over to two and a half. Um, Bengals favored and it's now back to one probably because of uh, a lot of that Mahomes news um, so let me ask you guys this teasers would you tease um, would you tease the Chiefs right now with the Niners so Niners out to eight and a half and, and Chiefs out to seven if you can find one and a half somewhere which I think you can I want to say I saw it earlier today then yeah I would I would tease it through three and seven obviously for us we'd be trying to hit that middle um, but yeah, I think either team in that game over a touchdown is probably a worthwhile teaser leg. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with Brad there. Yeah, the, I, I'm the holder of two two teasers with uh, Bengals and Chiefs, so I'm feeling feeling very good about myself. Um, all right, next up, uh, Arjun, your next bet. Um, that's honestly all I had for that game. I just with the, un- with the uncertainty of Mahomes, I kind of yeah. laid off any props for now. But you know, if you're if you're in the Discord, we'll be we'll be sending some props in there for sure. Are you thinking about how you might react? Like, so is there news that you would get even before the game started, or you're waiting to like see the first kind of couple possessions and react that way? How are you thinking about it? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is a good sign that he practiced in full today. We'll definitely like to see that continue. Like you never like Monday or Wednesdays could just be a walkthrough and Thursday, Friday, they ramp him up and he might get switched to limited. I do want to kind of see how that progresses. And yeah, I, I think just with lot of uh, betting live, like there is live prop markets if, if you are in legal states. And I know some offshores have some of these live prop markets. So if you see Mahomes is, is normal, if if he's not too hobbled, I would consider taking some overs on guys like Kelsey if, if they aren't too inflated already. And just seeing how the game script, script goes, like are the Chiefs more inclined to throw a lot of quick passes that might lead to more Kelsey and McKinnon overs. If they're doing their standard seven-step dropbacks, you might think, okay, Kadarius, Tony, or MVS, like those are the guys you want to target. So it kind of does depend on game flow. As, we've, as Mahomes talked about in his presser today, the Bengals have switched up the way they play Mahomes every single game. And so that's also kind of a unknown for me. So that's why I've kind of like laid off this game. I don't really know what the Bengals de defense is going to do. And instead, I kind of have a good idea of, of what the Chiefs D is going to do against the Bengals offense. So a, th a thought I had for my last play of this game, it, it kind of, look, I agree with everything, every single thing you said, and there is inherent risk in, in the play I'm about to mention. Um, but it, it kind of basically, I think, is trying to be contrarian and get value in all of those narratives being prevalent. And that is Patrick Mahomes over 24 and a half completions. Because, yeah, because yes. I think what they're going to do is just throw, you mentioned Travis Kelsey specifically, even when he does chip, he's often then leaking on these little two and three yard basically kind of just like drifting into, you know, soft spots in the zone. RG talked about how Gadarius Tony had six targets on 12 receiving snaps, whatever it was last week. You're talking Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Junior Smith Schuster today said Andy Reid's, uh, his game plan for the game is, quote, lit, uh, which I'm guessing is just a lot of like, Get the ball in playmakers' hands quickly. Don't let Luana Rumo do shit in the back end or, or run some stunts or even just run, you know, drop eight and, and rush three. Just get the ball out quickly and let them maybe try to make, you know, Eli Apple miss tackles, whoever missed tackles in space. So I think, look, there is risk. If he gets hurt, you're obviously screwed here. Um, but I think over 24 and a half completions is enticing. If he's healthy, that could fly over. I, I was, so I had two written down from Mahomes, and I think the, taking the contrarian view on like, oh, Mahomes is going to be injured, so they're going to dial things back. What, you're going to have him run backwards and hand the ball off? Like, he's still using his ankle there. I mean, you even saw it in the game. Like, the hardest play for him to do was run the stretch because he had to turn around and, and walk back uh, and run sprint back. So uh, the narrative that they're not going to throw the ball, I think, is is ridiculous. Also, there is a pathway here where – the Bengals have had nothing but success against the, the Chiefs. And you could see the Chiefs having to play from behind here, certainly in a lot of paths in which this game plays out. So I love 24 and a half. I'll say a kind of more risk, uh, pro-risk um, way to, to tackle this is to take over two and a half passing touchdowns, which is plus 150, plus 160. And, you know, what you're doing is you're kind of saying, look, I actually think people are overreacting to this, but even if they aren't, he's going to gut it out. They might be losing and he's going to have to throw the ball, you know, to, to score. I would also see, I'd be curious what Anna Rumo is going to do in terms of, you know, getting some understanding what Mahomes can do early. Is he going to kind of say, hey, we dare you to throw the ball? You know, let's see what you can do here. Um, is he going to try to get him out of the move? So I think you'll be able to find out early on and then potentially pivot out of those plays i'll give one more um i do like the over in this game um it's at 47 uh it's going to be very cold i don't have any worries about joe burrow in the cold and i certainly don't have any worry about the chiefs in the cold um and I, I 
I have faith in Andy Reid. I think Andy Reid is going to cook up some crazy shit for this game. Like, what have you been waiting for? And um, I, I, the Bengals playmakers are – I don't know that we talk enough, honestly, about how good they are. Like, those, that, that might be the best receiving core in, in the NFL. So I'm going to roll with over 47 here. Um, okay. What do we think? What are we locking in? How many do we want to choose for this week? Let's say maybe two per we game have... at a minimum, and, and if we love some more, maybe maybe throw them in. But I think we got to go, you know, a four pack for the for the final four. If you will. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. Um, okay, start with you, Brad. What are your uh, What are your two favorites? I, I mean, I, I guess we could put put out the other side of the teaser. I, I do think it's it, it's a nice play. Um, or either game over. I mean, I agree with you on the Bengals over, uh, you know, Bengals Chiefs. Look, weather is going to be fine in both of these games. Like I said, besides some minor nicks and bruises on McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, pretty much everyone's healthy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the overs are enticing to me as well. What about you, Archie? Um, yeah, I mean, I I think the there's a lot of uncertainty for both games. So, um, for me, I kind of like the props angle. I definitely like Travis Kelsey over – and then, you know, I, I was a I really I have the most conviction on Jalen Hurts under rushing yards just because I think I have a good feel about how the 49ers are going to play the, the Eagles offense. So those would be like my two nominations. What was the first yeah, one? Uh, you said? Oh, go ahead. Uh, Travis Kelsey over six okay. and a half receptions. I have one okay. more actually that I had written down. Let me just throw this out here. Sorry, Brad. Um, good. I was looking at the the touchdown props just now because of Mahomes. I don't know how I didn't realize this earlier. So Burrow, his his uh, passing touchdown prop is one and a half, and and over is plus money. I'll, I'm, let me confirm in another another book here. Hold on, because this may yeah, be my favorite. That would be my favorite, my favorite as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Oh no, it's 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 one and a half actually. So Fanduel is interesting. It's one and a half for both of them. This may be just an issue on the uh, the player props tool, but um, so Burrow, uh, no, no, yeah, over is minus one ninety two. Uh, so no, that is not a play. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mahomes, yeah, my bad. Uh, Pat Mahomes is uh, he's one and a half now on Fanduel, and that's minus money, as you would assume, um, given that it's down, it's down one whole touchdown. So. I don't know how I feel about those anymore. Sorry about that. Um, that minor was, detail. Yeah, that was exciting. For yeah, me. <laughs> it got me really excited. Um, okay, I really like the chase. Uh, I think that's my biggest position thus far is um, is chase over. And then, you know, the teaser, um, I like the teaser a lot. I don't like it as much. I love the Bengals side of the teaser even mm-hmm. more. Yeah, I, I would agree there. And I agree. I think Chase is my favorite of the player props. I mean, I just, I don't know what they're going to do to stop him. Um, and, and also they've, they've started using him. I think we think of him still as like this downfield threat. Like he's honestly been more of the short, short yardage yeah. guy and Higgins has been the downfield threat. They're getting him the ball right by the line of scrimmage pretty consistently. So. Yeah. I probably only deserve one uh, prop of input here because last week I championed Trevor Lawrence and that, the, the Waffle House didn't come through uh, for us, unfortunately. Um, but uh, so that would be that would be five total, I guess. Um, the Hurts under, Kelsey over. Um, Brad, remind me of your two. Kelsey, uh, well, the teaser and then uh, the over in either game. Over in either game. Which one do you like more? I think I lean e- Eagles, Eagles, uh, Niners. 
Okay. Oh, though, if Mahomes is healthy, if if Mahomes is healthy, forty-seven is going to be flown past. So, I, I'm gonna. Th- I love the completions, the Mahomes completions prop. I I do too. I do too. I think that's one of the that's a correlated, you know, with the with the over there. I like. Yeah, no, I think the low. Let's he's roll, had low A dot games even you know before the injury. Is is average of the target has come way down. They've used kind of. I mean, the, everyone outside of MVS is a short yardage guy. They want to get the ball to and let him go to work. I think if there was a prop for Andy Reid's screen passes, I would mm-hmm. hammer the over if, if that was a prop that I could bet. That's Travis Kelsey. I bet you they get tri- Kelsey involved in the screen game. Okay, so let, let's add that one. Completions, uh, Mahomes over 24 and a half completions. I'll make that one of mine. We're going to go six-pack. Yeah. That's what we're going to do. Why not? And, uh, and, then, um, uh, and then the over in uh, Niners and Eagles, Travis Kelsey over six and a half. Um uh, Jalen Hurts was the number Arjun. under 48 and a half rushing yards under 48 and a half rushing yards. And what's the last one Bad, I'm missing one, the teaser, uh, yep. Kansas city out to seven and a half and San Francisco out to eight and a half. Those are our locks of the week. Hopefully I can remember them. I know Arjun will, he will post them in the discord, which by the way, if you're not a member of that, like 80% of the best bets are going to show up there at some point. Anyways, probably already are in there. So if you haven't gotten involved, Link is in the description. Uh, Go check it out. It's going to be an awesome weekend. Peace.